Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And Barrett Brooks joins us from uh, NBC Sports Philly, a host of the pre- and post-game shows of the Birds Huddle. Barrett, great to have you with us. Appreciate you having me on. In a long list of positives last night, what stuck out to you more than any others? More so than anything, is the attitude this team approached to. In fact, um, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I didn't think that. I don't. I don't think really that it matter who the Eagles' opponent was. I thought it would have been the same results regardless because this team knew that they could have played better against that Detroit Lions team. They won the game, but they were tired of everybody saying that you know that's not the same team that you know we thought we were gonna have all the naysayers and everything else. And I think they just went about their business and understanding who they are as a team. That offensive line didn't play up to expectation. They were mad. They got cussed out by Coach Stoutland. You look at the defense, everybody was questioning the defense, whether they, you know, Gannon and everything else. They're like, look, we don't care what else is going on around us. We're going to play up to our standards and our level of play is what's going to dictate how we how we go out there and play this team. It could have been anybody there. It could have been a Super Bowl champions there. They were uh they were on a mission to be the best team that they could be individually. They were the best guys they could be and you know this just how they approach the game this time is the way you're supposed to uh, approach a game. You know, I know what it is to be a champion. I want Super Bowl XL and you know that's the type of attitude we had when I was with the Steelers. They had the same attitude. You can definitely see how they went out there and 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 played the game that you know, it didn't matter who it was. There was just a bunch of nameless and faceless jerseys out there. Were you surprised? I mean, Minnesota's defense was not great last year. That's one of the reasons why Zimmer is no longer the coach. Uh, but were you surprised that they just stayed in that zone shell and never really attacked the receivers last night? Because there was a lot of pitch and catch. You know, that's that's the way and Ed Donatello's defense, that's the way they run it. Um, he's the type of guy that, you know, he wants everything to develop in front of him. He had great enough athletes when he was with Green Bay and those other teams that up front, that could put pressure on the quarterback and have the back end just catch everything. I mean, uh, if you catch in front of him, go make the play immediately. I think they just got out duel. They caught him by surprise, and that's, that's the biggest thing. They didn't think Jalen Hurst could go out there and manipulate the defense the way he was as far as going to second or third read. They didn't believe in his arm. They didn't believe in his ability to throw the ball the way he threw it. He actually caught him off guard. Um, and, and you know, before they knew it, it was it was too late. They couldn't adjust to it. I think it's more so that they just wanted to really stop the run because they thought this was just a run first team. And, you know, as soon as they got out there, it was like they noticed that, all right, this kid is pretty good. He can run. He can throw. He can run this offense. He's the leader of this team. And, and before you know it, they were down, you know, 27-6. to six. The uh, When you look at the running game last night, Miles Sanders gave him a lot of jump. But, boy, what did that do when Hurts decided to play some option football last night because the Vikings never found the ball? I think it was more so, you know, he – Jalen understands how to run this offense, and he's been running for the last two years. This is the first time he's had an offense two years in a row under the same guidance of the same offensive coordinator since he was in high school, so he knows how to run it. And the mere fact that Miles Sanders is playing for a contract, he understands that where he goes, this team goes, if he can just go out there and be a stable force in the run, this, you know, it's not always bad to have 
you know, get a run for three yards because you get three yards and you have, yeah. you know, a four-yard run. I mean, you, you, your offense is on time. Now it's, it's, it's much easier to call a play that's three and, um, third and thir- three as opposed to third and ten. And because of that, they stayed on time. It was just easier for them to call plays. Um, you know, I just really think that the offensive line allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do, and especially yeah. with, you know, the way Sanders was running the ball, that Jalen Hurst could do no wrong because the guys around him were playing at another level. Devontae Smith was not really active in the opener. He was really active early and often last night. What does that tell us about the balance of the Eagles' offense, that if they're giving you something, if they're taking something away over here, they can give you something over here? I think it's more so, you know, when you look at when you look at at the team as a whole, you know, they just they they adapt well to to what this coaching staff has given them. And when you look at this offense, you know, you can't just focus on one thing. You know, just like you couldn't focus just on AJ Brown. They tried to do that. They tried to bracket him, and here, yeah. you know, they made a deserted effort to go to Smith. Then you say, all right, you're going to stop Smith and AJ. Now they can go to Dallas Goddard. Or you're going to do that. Then we're going to run the ball because you got to take somebody out to double team. Whoever you're going to double team out there, you bring somebody else out the box. Now we can run it down your throat. Oh, by the way, if you do that, then we have run a run, you know, run pass RPO, run pass option. And now Jalen is entered into the mix. It's like pick your poison. You know, as an as an offense, you pick what you want to do, and we're going to do. We're going to counter that. Just like that on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, you're going to try to run on us. We're going to put a 50 front end. You gonna try to pass on us? We're gonna put a thirty front end. They just so versatile in what they do with the um, play selection because they have athletes that can do it. The Eagles made a few acquisitions in the off season. There's no doubt they, uh, when it comes to the defense, not about the defensive side of the ball. What are those acquisitions meant in concert with the guys that are still there? Well, I mean, it's easy. You know, I think there's only like four or five guys from that original Super Bowl team back in yeah. 2017. But they're leaders on the team. So they know what it is to be at the highest level. They know what it is to be at the lowest level. You got BG. You got Fletcher Cox. You got guys like that that have been around, done this, and understand what it is to play at a high level. Now you have younger guys in the system that are looking at these older guys and like, look, you guys are playing well. You know, there's nothing to have a Lane Johnson or, or, or Kelsey that you can go to and have all that vast information in which they can give them and, and they give to these young guys to make them play at another level. And that's the biggest thing that they offer. They offer, you know, that, that sense of, all right, we've done it before. Just, you know, pattern yourself out, out after me, look at my work ethic, and you you can be the same. You could play just as well as I did. And I think that's the what, you know, that's exactly what this team is doing. They're following the leaders who are great leaders. And uh, they're trusting this coaching staff. They really do have – you know, general love for for this coaching staff. This coaching staff could do no wrong to them. They they understand that you know he will do anything that you know Nick Sirianni will do anything for these for these guys. They'll play any way they want them to play because they trust them. And and that's about the you know the biggest thing you can uh, biggest compliment you can have for a coach. Your players will do anything for you. They'll follow him and knock down a brick wall for him. So when you have that type of coaching staff and the players will do that for you, the sky's the limit on what you can ask them to do. Hey, look, you played in the league. You're a Super Bowl champion. Give me the traits of a coach that you wanted to play for. That way we can get an idea as to what kind of guy Sirianni is. 
Well, you want a guy that's going to keep it 100. You know, tell me the truth. You know, you know, don't lie for me. I mean, don't lie to me. Lie for me. You know, if, if, if it's something I need to work on, then give it to me. If I'm not going to be the guy that's going to play, then tell me. If I am your guy, let me know that also. Shoot me straight. Let me know what's going on. That way I know how to prepare myself and get ready for what's about to happen. And that's what Nick Sirianni is. He will also go to bat for him. You know, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. Hey, he'll take the, he'll take the, you know, whatever the blunt of whatever happens. He'll take on the chin for his team. And when you have a guy like that who'll shoot you straight and you know is in your corner, you'll run through a brick wall for him. I had that in, you know, several times in my career. I had that with Ray Rhodes and also had it with um, Coach Cower. Two guys that I respect yeah. an awful lot and they shot me straight. Mm-hmm. But I also had guys that, that didn't shoot me straight. I had guys that, you know, really weren't um, men of their word. And those are the coaches that didn't fare so well in the league. I had Bobby Ross. He ended up quitting halfway through the season yeah. on us when I was with the Detroit Lions. He just lost yeah. the team. But you got to shoot guys straight. You got to tell them the truth. And you can do that and not lie to them. They'll do anything for you, but when you do that, you don't. When you don't, and you lie to them, it's hard to keep a keep, keep the team and, and and have the team follow you. I mean, I, Bill O'Brien coached two years at Penn State, and of course, he'd been with the Patriots. Of course, since since leaving Penn State, he was the head coach of the Texans. Now he's back at Alabama. And I talked to him about that one time, Barrett. He said, "Look, Steve. He says he says when you're coaching in the NFL, he said they're men. You got to treat them like men. And that's the bottom exactly. line." I mean, well, you I mean, that's the bottom line. Got to see the family. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said, "Look, he said he said a lot of them are married, have kids. He said they're men. He said so you've got to treat them like men. Absolutely, absolutely. So the you shoot Eagles, those guys straight, and they love them. Yeah, and that that's that's a that's a bottom line as to how to do it. I mean, and I think that goes with any business, any business, men, women, whatever. You got to treat them like adults." Okay, they're not think, kids. Yep. Absolutely. I think Nick Seriani gets it. He got yep. it early. Um, he learned it from, you know, uh, from, from coaching staff, from previous coaching staff. I think he learned it from Big Red. Big Red always um, shot his guy straight, when, especially when he was here in Philadelphia. I'm sure he's doing the same thing in Kansas City. You yep. shoot your guy straight, they'll do whatever you ask them to do because just don't lie to them. As long as they know you tell them the truth, and you have their best interest at heart, they will do anything for you. And uh, I think he learned that early in his coaching career. You may not like what they say to you, but they are also not BSing you. Absolutely. So you take it seriously. You, you hit it on the head. Ah, da, da. That's exactly what it is. Shoot me straight. You know, tell me what's going on. That way, I'm not blindsided by it. When you blindside a player, that's when things go wrong because now the team, now the team can't trust you. Now the players can't trust you, and it's hard to go to bat for somebody who you don't trust. I, I know this has to be taken week by week. That, I mean, that's just the nature of football. Believe me, I've got a game with Central Michigan coming up this week. I've already started pouring all my resources into broadcasting. That game, James Franklin has to get his team ready for it. That game. Absolutely. But you you and I can have a little fun with the totality of this. Two games in, the Eagles' schedule doesn't look that daunting. I mean, two games in. And for Buffalo, same thing. First half looks, there's some daunting games in the first half, but then the second half for Buffalo doesn't look that daunting. How do you view it? I view it the same way. Um, I, I see a team that, you know, 
they've got a pretty not easy schedule because you got to play who you play, but they've right. got a schedule that's not as not as taxing as most schedules. Um, they definitely don't have a you know a, a number one schedule, but they have just enough sprinkled in there that they, they have to come to work every week. Um, you know, to even come with this Washington yeah. you know Washington Commanders team. They gotta understand. You got a quarterback that still feels slighted from when you know he was with the team and they let him go, and he's trying to rejuvenate his career. Um, you know, they've they've got you know a, a head coach that they just let go playing for Jacksonville. You know that made those games not necessarily. You know they have they probably have better rosters than both of those teams. You know the Eagles probably right. match up better on paper, better than those teams. But there's yeah. little things. You know you got. You know, with the Washington Washington game, it's a division flow. You know, everything goes out the door when it's a division flow. Plus, when you have Carson Wentz there, you look at Jacksonville. They're they've probably been the worst team ever the past ten years. But you got a head coach that was here previously and was let go unceremoniously. Um, you know, you look at you know games going up. You got a Dallas game. Yeah, they don't have their 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 quarterback, but still Cooper Rush and just the rivalry between the Eagles and Dallas will always come to the forefront. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who you playing out there. Records don't matter. You got to go out there and play. Then you're going to get to a complicated games like, all right, you're going to go against Arizona. You know, you got Murray. He just brought his team back mm-hmm. and had a crucial win against um, the, the Raiders. You know, so you have, you have to come play every single week. But the good thing is, and I think this team realizes after this game is, it doesn't matter who they play. As long as you take care of your house and govern your house, keep cutting your grass, watering your grass, make sure your grass is okay, it doesn't matter what anybody else does because your lawn will be okay. And you go out there and dictate and run things the way you do it, it doesn't matter who else comes on your lawn. You'll be able to get them off your lawn. All great points. Absolute pleasure having you on the show, Barrett. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Have a good one, all right?